I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who I'm picking? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach. Hello, Dog Nation. I, I guess this is called uh, chugging water and hosting. Um, starting out. Um, guys, welcome to another edition of Before the Hedges. I am your intrepid reporter slash host, Jeff Centel of DogNation.com. And uh, Jamie Williams, how are you? Now, guys, let's just take a second because I'm, I'm a little I'm a little awestruck right here. You see that right there? That's not a background. That's not a filter. That right there. That is amazing. Look at that. Mother Nature, God's glory. Look at that. That is amazing. You want to talk about the best back backdrop in the history of backdrops? No filter whatsoever. Uh, Steven Rax, what do you think about that, man? That is pretty stinking cool. Um, there I go again. Before the Hedges, I'm Jeff, brought to you by Kroger. Uh, this will become a podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, on the Apple podcast platform. Uh, what we're talking about today, guys, is we're talking about – now, we're going to get to all that stuff. We're going to get to Walter Nolan's and – his top three, which will probably be a top five again, which will be another three, which will be a top one, which will go back out. Uh, we'll get to all that. We'll get to um, a lot of things that are going on in the world of recruiting. Um, but, uh, hey, guys, it's it's high school football season. I know we're still about 11-ish days, 9-ish days away from Georgia versus Clemson. I'll be there. Who else is going to be there? Let me know on the feed if you guys are going to be there. If you got tickets, if you got a uh, if you got a chance to be part of that Dog Nation invasion bus, going up with a loud crowd of rowdy folks uh, to the Queen City, I believe uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, as my uh, often played uh, KC and JoJo and Jodeci playlist always have it ingrained in my head about North Carolina, uh, but. We're talking Georgia recruiting. Uh, I'm going to go over a couple of things I thought that was fairly fascinating to me. Uh, we're going to do a couple of things. We've got a Malachi Starks interview in the middle of this show. Uh, not even really um, teasing it at all. Uh, just one of the things I want you guys to show up and see. Um, now, you got to bear with me. I did one of these interviews. It's really hard after uh, after a game because you're trying to get like for me, I try to talk to Gunner, his head coach. The head coach of Jefferson County, excuse me, Jefferson High School, Gene Cathcart, who won his 150th game of his career last Friday night. Let's give a props to Mr. Cathcart for that. But um, Sammy Brown, I had to talk to Malachi, of course. And sometimes you're in a scrum. What I mean a scrum is there's people around you. And uh, a little 20-second um, side road here to tell you guys is that it's so much different now covering high school football than it was 10, 15 years ago because – now everybody gets down and they swarm the field. Everybody's taking pictures, getting stuff for the gram. Uh, moms and dads are getting hugs. Usually those mom and dad hugs and girlfriend hugs took about 15 to 10 minutes for those to happen. Now it's almost immediately, um, sometimes before, after, and during the post-game speech when everybody takes a knee and listens to coach. Um, but there's a lot of people around Malachi. You had a lot of people talking, but uh, we're going to have some highlights from um, – we're going to have some highlights from Malachi. We're going to have a conversation with Malachi from on the field. Uh, bear with me in that audio. You folks might just have to listen real close. And again, gosh, that, that, that takes my that takes my breath away. I'm just looking over there, going, "Wow, that is a magenta, purple kind of salmon periwinkle uh, type skyline here in uh, Cherokee County in Woodstock, Georgia tonight." But um, 
we're going to have a, a couple of video highlights I want to show you. But I think the, the first thing I want to talk about before we jump into the into the highlights is I want to talk a little bit about the night that Malachi Starks met Gunnar Stockton. And I see some comments in the comment section already. Uh, Josiah Hurt, uh, Pete Ellis, I think, uh, Timothy Wilson. Um, so it's I was surprised when I was kind of on the live feed when I, I hopped on Facebook during that game. And I showed you guys about maybe 10 or 15 minutes of that game. A lot of people didn't know the following. They didn't know that Malachi Starks was um, – uh, predominantly, he was probably the 4A uh, offensive player of the year last year in Georgia high school football. He ran for 1,500 yards and 25 touchdowns as a wing tee or a triple option type, single wing type type quarterback. Um, and then he also played safety. And against, um, against Jefferson on Friday night, he played safety again. And what he did, um, as, you'll, as you'll see in this postgame interview, was, I mean, Malachi – basically spent he, – he, he played the last four or five games of his junior season with an injury to his thumb, kind of like right around that area. It really limited his ability to throw the ball. And then he hurt himself again on what he described as the third play of the game against Jefferson. He also saw one of his teammates, Jordan Perry, who's probably a, a decent group of five, high group of five ball player in his own right, go down with what I think is a slight ligament tear that might cost him about four to six weeks if he's lucky. Um, so that was kind of a, an awkward start where Malachi was kind of dealing with some cramps. He had his thumb nicked up again. Uh, that was the same hand that bothered him a lot last year during his junior year. He saw his good buddy go down with a knee. And so then he, he really wasn't playing the whole game at quarterback. He was kind of rotating. Um, you know, Gunnar Stockton had a solid night. Uh, you know, Gunnar is a guy that, uh, when he's surrounded by the type of talent that he is, he's going to flourish a lot more. This was a 2A team playing a 4A team, and Gunner's numbers were a little bit better than what he did last year against Jefferson as the number one team in Class 4A. And it's a different leap to go from the number one team in Class 2A to simply be playing the uh, a 4A team and playing up that in classification. But when you play the number one team in a bona fide state championship contender in that classification, it's going to be hard to look really good. I don't think Gunner Gunner didn't turn the ball over. He had a rushing touchdown. He had a throwing touchdown. Um, kind of had a jump pass going on there, and he also aired aired a ball out. I think the ball went like fifty six yards from scrimmage, but I think the thing th flew probably maybe sixty sixty one yards in the air. Um, so he had a couple highlight plays, but it was really hard to uh, for him to get going. And you know, for 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 Gunner, his average high school game. Is about 240 yards passing, 85 yards rushing, uh, one and a half rushing touchdowns per game, and then three passing touchdowns per game. So when you have an, an All-American, historic, prolific average game, uh, and then you only account for two touchdowns, and I think somewhere around maybe 190 total yard, total, total offense yards. So it's, it's not the typical Gunner Stockton game. I thought the head coach of Raven County pretty, said it pretty well when he said, um, Gunner's going to get better, Raven County's going to get better, but Gunner has spoiled northeast Georgia, state of Georgia, uh, the southeast, the country, um, with his play over Friday night after Friday night. Um, so I want to take, take you back. We're going to show a couple of highlights that we thought stood out from the first week of high school football that counted in the standings across the state of Georgia with some major Georgia targets. 
and also some major Georgia commitments. Uh, first thing we'll do is, again, bear with me on the audio here, but you'll get to see some clips of Malachi Starks playing. And you'll also get to hear his thoughts after a season opening 22-13 victory against Raven County High School. Let's take a look at that right now. I think you guys are watching right now. You're watching the highlights. This was a 13-yard run right before the first half where um, – this was a 13-yard run right before the first half where they went up uh, 22 to twenty-two to 7. But I think we've got a, a kind of a, a longer range, a, a three-minute package where we're talking to Malachi on the field. And as we work to it, you know, we you see there again, Gunner, this was just a play where he just he's just an athlete. He rolls out. He sheds some guys, he takes off, he vaults another dude, and then he kind of barrels through two guys for the touchdown. This made it 22-7 to at the half. It was one of those big highlight plays for uh, Malachi Starks. And uh, let's take a look right now, see if we've got it, of uh, the clip um, where we've got about two minutes on field talking to Malachi Starks after his first game. Okay, sir. Um, rotation, what was it, cramps? What were you bouncing in at a quarterback uh, a little bit? I hurt my thumb on the, uh, oh, on no. the, thumb on the first job. Um, and I cramped up a little bit, so I had to rotate a little bit just to get a little break. But other than that, I was just fine. But you kept playing defense the whole yes, game, sir. right? Yes, I had to. I think you you kind of showed your fan base you were back on that third down carry. Yes, sir. Uh, what, would three, what was the call? Was that a broken play? What did you see there? Um, it, it was a call. Coach, coach got in the huddle and he was like, hey, we're going to do this and go ahead and play book. I haven't seen it. So uh, just for me to go out there and, and do what he said and everybody blocked their assignments and to make that play work, to get us down the field and get us in a good position to win. It's great. You know, when you went out, your backup led the team to a scoring yes, drive. Yes, I was sir. like, I hope Malachi holds on to his job. Yes, sir. Uh, what did that show you about your team tonight? Uh, it showed us that we're deep. We're a lot deeper than people think we are. We got a lot of great players, and it's not just the people that get seen the most. Um, I want to give the credit to my whole line. They don't get a lot, but they, they block their butts off. Um, and, and the secondary, the, the twos that we have, the threes that we have, any position. When did it happen in the first quarter? When did your injury happen in the first quarter? Um, it was the, the third play. So then Jordan got hurt also later yes, in that sir. first quarter. I think Sammy Brown really stabilized you. What did you think about his run tonight? Um, it was great. You know, a lot of people were worried about him coming from Commerce and Jefferson because it's a different classification. Um, he, he proved everybody. Just for him to come out and have the game that he did and be able to do the things that he did, it's great. And I feel like that's only going to set him up to have a good future. What do you think about his potential? This is amazing. He's an amazing kid. He has a great work ethic. Um, he has teammates behind him that are going to push him no matter what. So just, just for him to have that, it's great. Excuse me. There you have it. There's a few minutes there with uh, Malachi Starks from Friday night in the 22-13 to 13 uh, win for Jefferson against the number one team in Class 4A uh, improves to 1 0. Boy, the 22 to 13 win against the number one team in Class 2A. That's Gunner Stockton and those Raven County Wildcats. Uh, Wyatt Field and man, good to see you tonight. Uh, I think I saw a comment about 
you know, the, one of the things we wrote on Dog Nation this week is that uh, Gunner really, to me, pointed out two guys pretty quickly that he wants to see become George, become Bulldogs next, and that next to commit to the G type uh, narrative right there. And his his names he brought out really quick were Oscar Delp, Drew Bobo. I think Drew Bobo has a long history of living in Athens and loving his time in Athens, and um, certainly has a chance to play for the Dogs again as well. And I think he will take that into heavy consideration. Drew told me that he's really down to about. Uh, three schools, um, Georgia, North Carolina, and Kentucky. Uh, to me, there, I just got the feeling that it's going to come down to Auburn and Georgia. He's going to take some visits. He's likely going to need to take some visits to kind of sort everything out. Um, Bill Kelly, uh, yeah, that's a cool name, Gunner Stockton. I think I'll tell that story a million times about how he got that name from his uh, grandfather. Um, and um, in the Stockton family, there's a big history of, of how – uh, they name their children uh, after you know other members that other family members that they know really well. And Gunner happened to have a grandfather, uh, and his grandfather's actual name was V.D. Stockton. Um, he was not. It's a it's a kind of funny joke in the Stockton household that Gunner was not named after his grandfather V.D. Stockton, but his grandfather Gunner Stockton, because if you were um, if you knew anybody you grew up in that era when you had loved ones overseas serving the newspaper accounts would say like, if you were a fireman, it would say fireman Stockton, or if you were a artilleryman, it would say artilleryman Stockton, or uh, if you were a mechanic, it would say mechanic Stockton and so on and so forth. Um, infantry, infantry man Stockton. Well, it just so happened that Gunner's grandfather was a gunner on kind of like a B 52 type um, combat plane where he was the gunner. So like whenever it said Gunner Stockton stationed here, Gunner Stockton was, transferred here you know that's what it always showed up in the newspaper reports and uh the gunner stockton's uh family especially his um his his mother sherry stockton and also his dad rob stockton were just tickled to death by that name they wanted to honor a great man and their family that had came before them and that's kind of where gunner stockton uh came to be and um I just love that story. That's a great Gunner Stockton story. Speaking of the two guys he wants to uh, play with in college, the guys that he wants to see become Bulldogs, Gunner kind of looks at it like, um, you know, he sees those guys are good players, but he also sees those guys as, hey, those guys would be really good roommates. And those were two guys he named. He named Drew Bobo, the Georgia legacy, and he also named Oscar Delp. And uh, as, as segue, as the segue masters might have it, um, we have a, we have a perfect bridge there to uh, show these highlights from week one. Uh, Junior Baker, a really good guy that runs new level recruiting. He's always there with his camera, um, filming highlights of all the guys. I mean, Junior gets every every play. Usually tries to get a lot of angles. He tweeted these out from uh, Oscar Delp after his first um, after his first game uh, last Thursday night, West Forsyth against Carver Atlanta. Um, we got. There's a highlight package here from Junior, about a minute or so of, of Oscar Delp's first night. He caught a touchdown. I think he caught about five balls for 67 yards. Let's take a look at those highlights right now. Uh, okay, I want you. I want you to imagine uh, Oscar Delp catching a ball over the shoulder. You know, one thing about Oscar, he's good to to talk a little bit with the DBs. He's probably good for at least one little good, you know, episode on the field where he gives it to the DB a little bit and the DB here safety gives it to him a little bit back. Uh, he caught a touchdown against uh, Carver Atlanta. 
as uh, West Forsyth really kind of rolled in that game, uh, got away from uh, West West Forsyth rolled in that game and got away from Carver Atlanta really early. Um, but uh, that was a really impressive start for Oscar Delt. Uh, down to down to four schools. He knows he's going to be at Georgia Clemson. Long list of guys that are already going to make sure that they make it to to Georgia Clemson um, that first week of the season on September the fourth, as we discussed earlier. Um, I want to shake you to another one. This was actually another one caught by Junior. This was Marquise Groves Killebrew. Very interesting. He plays for North Cobb. He's transferred from Brookwood. Um, uh, Denylon Morissette, the other talented guy from Brookwood a year ago, another Georgia commit. He's still out for maybe another week with a wrist injury he suffered actually at a Georgia camp, at a Georgia seven-on-seven passing camp over the summer. But, um, you know, Denylon was out. They were playing North Cobb, another state championship team in Class 6A. So M, uh, MGK kind of had to go both ways as a receiver and as a defensive back cornerback. And take a look at uh, Marquise Groves Killebrew right here, catching some, you know, kind of quick, quick, uh, quick shot pass uh, and making something happen with it. You guys that are part of the podcast, basically Malachi uh, Singleton um, gets in some trouble, rolls around, kind of kind of finds uh, MGK out, and MGK, it looks like it's about 70, 75 yards for the score right there. I mean, North Cobb got out to a big start. They took a big lead against Buford, and then Buford rallied back for the win. Um, but, uh, you know, Marquise Groves Killebrew, the native of the state of Kentucky, looked very good in his season opener. Uh, for the North Cobb Warriors. North Cobb's definitely going to be a team to be reckoned with in Class 7A uh, this year as well. But you see here again Malachi, who's a very impressive 2023 quarterback in his own route. In his own right, gets out of trouble, finds him on the uh, down the right sideline. And Marquise really just turns on the Jets after that and becomes an athlete and outruns some very, very really good, talented defenders for Buford, um, for the Buford Wolves on the way to the touchdown right there. Um Another name I want to show you guys, I'm sure you guys have been thinking about this name and, you know, really been, uh, it's been on the minds of folks a lot, um, is I want to show you this, this um, another video here. And this is another one from the first week of the season. Take a look at this. This is Bear Alexander. This one's going to be short and sweet. Um, you see him, and this is some scrimmage action. I don't think they're live yet, but look at big number 99. Let's roll that one back, make sure you see it. But um uh, Watch, watch, watch him right there, man. That's like put the kids to bed right there, man. He makes a huge play. Bayer looks to me like in um, finer shape than I've ever seen him on film for his senior year. He's really working, um, really trying to get better. And, uh, you know, again, Bear, Big Bear Alexander put Georgia in his final two. I think Georgia's really going to give him a lot to think about. He's got a lot of relationships at Georgia. Uh, he's got more relationships at Georgia than he does at Texas A&M. And, um, I think that's going to be very close down the line for uh, Big Bear Alexander choosing either the Texas A&M Aggies or the uh, University of Georgia. Um, another quality uh, quality rep right there. He's he's transferred again. He plays for the Brewer Bears of all places in Fort Worth, Fort Worth Texas. And if you guys are just joining us, this is so nice. We're going to show it twice. Um, we got a we got another video clip here from. Uh, Malachi Starks, this was kind of his signature five-star moment. He'd been in and out. He'd been fighting fighting cramps. Um, and uh, Malachi came back right before the half to score this kind of brilliant 13-yard touchdown run.
you see it going on right there. There's Malachi. He's under some pressure. One of the things, Raven, Raven's got some good pursuit guys, got some good defenders guys. Um, but like, see him right there. He gets out on the edge. He makes a man miss, vaults a little bit. I think the thing to remember about Malachi Starks is I think he's going to be raw when he gets to Georgia. I think Kamari Wilson's going to play should he choose the Georgia Bulldogs as a five-star safety. I think the, the dream potential recruiting outcome for the Bulldogs would have Kamari Wilson in this class, along with Malachi Starks in this class, is kind of, you know, anchor safeties, the two best safeties Georgia could have ever signed in a recruiting class so far under Malik, under Kirby Smart. But, you know, Malachi is a guy that's not going to have all those reps that uh, Kamari Wilson type would have had uh, playing for IMG Academy. So it's going to take him a while to acclimate. He, he might actually play some offense as well. But uh, I think, uh, you know, Malachi, he's a tremendous athlete. I think we've said on this program before that he had a 10.55 in the 100 meters, and he's I think he's long jumped 24 feet. Um, so it's pretty amazing. We got Jermaine King in the comment section dropping some anime, um, um, anime availability here. Um, you've got a uh, you got a lot to look at right here so far. So we wanted to give you as kind of our starter kit for our show in our first block. You got to see Marquise Groves kill a brew. You got to see a lot of Malachi Starks. We got to talk about Gunnar Stockton in his first game for the Raven County Wildcats. Uh, you got to see a little bit of Big Bear Alexander as well. So that was a good good little way to look at coming some of the highlights for the first week of the uh, high school football season. Um, you saw most of those were from the state of Georgia, but the rest of those were from rest of those were from uh, most of those were state of Georgia. But you also saw Big Bear Alexander from. Uh, Texas making an appearance as well. Uh, speaking of making an appearance, it's about that time in our show where we thank our very we thank our very worthy sponsor Kroger for their participation in another episode of Before the Hedges and their commitment to this program and all the things we do here at Dog Nation. Let's take a minute and uh, hear from Kroger. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but first, a quick word from Kroger. Kroger has made shopping for the groceries and household essential items that you need even easier by offering free pickup. Just shop online, choose a pickup time convenient for you, and Kroger will carefully pick out your order and bring it to your vehicle when you arrive. So the next time you're ready to shop at Kroger, take advantage of the free pickup. It's just another way that Kroger is fresh for everyone. Look at there. Um, I tell you what, Jermaine King, you got me laughing a little bit in your uh, – you got me laughing a little bit with your anime comments. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny how uh, uh, you were working multiple streams at once and uh, you were uh, – you, were, uh, you weren't talking about One Punch Man. You weren't talking about Deku or Bakugo. You weren't talking about – Dragon Ball Z, you weren't talking about any of that stuff. You were talking about uh, an anime. I got kids, guys, so I know a lot about what 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 anime's got going on. Um, my daughter, actually, her favorite thing in the world is My Hero Academia. But um, Xavier Brown, I think Xavier, I want to I want to entertain this question because it looks like it's a good one. I see a little bit of it. Uh, let's say Georgia misses on Christian Miller, Big Bear, Nolan, and Williams. Do you think that Georgia's D line will be okay for the twenty twenty two season? That's a lot of misses, sir. Because um, if you uh, if you miss on all those guys, I wonder if I wonder if Georgia's Tyree West would stay in the class if you missed off all those guys. But there are other defensive tackle guys Georgia's going after. Sean Washington, uh, they, he calls himself Rilla. 
Rilla Washington out of New Orleans. That's the same high school which produced uh, uh, Cedric Von Prawn Granger to Georgia. You also got Hero Canoe is a guy you guys will be reading about very shortly on dognation.com. Um, so you had a chance there to, uh, <clears throat> you know, those are two names that would also kind of fill the funnel about who could be potential defensive linemen for Georgia. But to go through all those names and Georgia not to sign any of those names, that would be uh, very un-Georgia-like. Uh, I'm going to kind of create that word in terms of recruiting. So uh, not sure I see that happening. But um, we've got uh, a couple other things to get to. Guys, I also got a brand-new offering for, you know, you guys speak and uh, the, the fine folks at um, the fine folks at uh, dognation.com world headquarters, we listen. We've actually got uh, if we if we've actually got something going on this week. The first time because you asked for it. I said a couple of shows back. I said, would you guys like to see some top targets for 2023? Do you want to start getting to know those names for the 2023 cycle to know, hey, that guy's big when he commits or hey, that guy was big if he chooses another school? We've got a 2023 top targets for uh, for I guess I'm gonna call this the 1.0 version of uh, of the 2023 2023 top targets, and we'll have top five because I think people said just give us five. We can take five names at the most to kind of to kind of look out there for. So uh, that's what we're gonna do. It's gonna be part of our normal package and rollouts. And why don't we just do this? Let's get. Um, Let's get those guys going. Um, let's take a look at the top targets for 2022 before we get to 2023. I think I've teased that well enough on our show tonight. Um, we're starting out with a name that everybody's like, ah, oh, Jeff, here we go again. More Walter Nolan on the top targets list. And I think that's probably where he's going to stick for a while. Um, he might not always be at 13 because I don't think there will always be 13 names on this list. It'll shrink as more commitments happen. But um, – this is what I got going right now. And there's some new names on this list, uh, to say the least. Number 13 is Walter Nolan out of Powell High School in Powell, Texas. Number 12 is Julian Humphrey. Again, folks, that is a super fast Florida Gators kind of defensive back, jack-of-all-trades commitment out of Texas. I think he's in the Houston area. Um, currently committed to Florida, but Georgia's recruiting him hard. Georgia's recruiting him well. And uh, he's given uh, they're giving uh, Julian Humphrey a lot to think about there as well. Number 11 Big wide receiver Jaden Gibson out of uh, West Orange High School in Winter Garden, Florida. His parents are all uh, Florida legacies. They didn't play there, but they they went to they went to school at Florida, which will always be hard. And this is a name that um, I, I think he is a bona fide ball player. Um, I think when you if you put together a list as you know the gotta haves or the guys that Georgia fans would want to see on their team, I think Andre Green Jr.'s name would be a lot higher. But um, it is what it is. He's, he's at number 10 this week. Still sticking on the list, but I think he's dropping about a, a rung or two every other week now or every week now. Um, number nine, this is a name that's moved up considerably um, for uh, me on this chart. Uh, Big Bear Alexander Brewer, Fort Worth, Texas. You guys saw the highlight from one of his opening scrimmages. He's number nine there. I'd look for Georgia to get um, – couple more visits from Big Bear Alexander as well. I think uh, Bear has an official visit left there as well uh, to take as well. Uh, number eight, this is a name that has moved up for me. Luther Burden, East St. Louis, East St. Louis, Illinois. Um, uh, number one receiver in the country. I think it's Georgia and Missouri right now. Those are the schools that are really on his mind. Another name that moves up. Another name that moves up. I mentioned him earlier in the show. That is Hero Canoe out of Rancho Santa Margarita, California. 
Um, Hero has really only been playing defensive defensive line, defensive tackle for uh, uh, the last last year or so. Hero Canoe, that's a name. Uh, getting closer and closer to getting on that first board there on the top targets remaining for the 2022 class. Uh, let's roll that forward. Number six, you got USC commitment Mikael Williams out of Columbus, Georgia. We've written about him extensively. We've talked about him extensively over the last couple of weeks. Uh, number five is Jaheim Singletary. He was a former Ohio State commitment. You hear you hear Georgia a lot. You hear in a good spot there. You hear Miami a lot. Uh, you hear Florida. I think Florida is going to end up getting an early visit in one of the first few weeks of the season. The last thing I last time I was told about his kind of I got a good update on Jaheim Singletary. Um, but so those are the schools to watch there. He would be in kind of purely an exclusive cornerback prospect. He's not a guy that would be switching and playing the star or the money or any of the safety spots in the back end. Number three, uh, this is Mr. 500 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, CJ Madden, Jr. Carlton Madden uh, at a Cedar Grove high school back to back again, Christian Miller, Cedar Grove high school. Uh, Christian's a guy that's really changed his body, elevated his game uh, since his junior year. And he was already an all American to begin with. I think uh, should Christian Miller sign with the Bulldogs, uh, I think he would become one of the six or seven most important targets, most important signees, best overall future prospectus players. He's just a difference maker, a relentless warrior on the defensive line. Number two, you got Oscar Delp out of West Forsyth High School in Cumming, Georgia. We spoke about him in our open. Uh, we wrote about him this week. That's one of Gunnar Stockton's two most two most wanted targets that he wants to see commit to Georgia next. Um uh, and I think we've we've got we've got our guys working in the background right here. We've got if you want to see what uh, Oscar Dog looked like. Let's take a look at it right now. This is an early catch. Of course, this video here is brought to you by uh, New Level Recruiting. Look at this one right here. So Oscar, I know he he wore he wore Michigan shoes because I guess that kind of fit the look, and he also wore Georgia gloves at different points of the game. He also looked like he had some South Carolina gloves at one point of the game. Um, <clears throat> he ends up with like maybe five catches for about sixty-five yards. One of the things that um, Oscar does really well is a great physical, willing blocker. Here's his touchdown score right here. This was about from twenty-five yards out. They kind of get him out on the edge, allow him to make a play. Um, look at him right there. Um, definitely you got Oscar Delp. Thanks for that video, Junior Baker. That's Southern Swag on Twitter. But I wanted to give you guys another look at another top prospect in the uh, 2022 cycle. That was Oscar Delp in his opening game last Thursday. Um, going back to the top targets list, the number one guy on the list is going to stay there until he makes a decision. That is Kamari Wilson out of IMG Academy, Bradenton, Florida. I'm going to say this. Should Georgia sign Kamari Wilson, he will be the most adept and advanced and polished and ready to go safety, ready to go safety that Georgia has signed under Kirby Smart. He's that um, pulled him out of the box. It's like that uh, Christmas toy that you get that everybody wanted from Santa. And it, it even it's even got the batteries in it where you just pull it out of the box and it's ready to go screaming up and down the hallways and around the trees and on mom's kitchen floor. That's how good Kamari Wilson would be as a plug-and-play early impact safety. Should he choose Georgia? I think it's Georgia, LSU, really the schools to watch 
um, right there for Kamari Wilson. Those are your top targets for 2022. Now let's also take a look at the other names that are that are kind of on our mind. There's a new name right here, Jojo Bermudez. We've written about him a little bit on the forum, forum.dognation.com. Um, that is a guy that um, you watch a man, and he's a guy that is one of those quicksilver slot receiver types. Todd Munkin is really taking a strong interest in him. Um, I saw one of our one of our uh, one of our viewers tonight, one of our guests tonight, that were hanging out with us on before the hedges. Drew Bobo, I was mentioned earlier in there. Um, Drew Bobo is a guy that uh, uh, is on the list now as another names to know. Uh, Dayon Bowie currently committed to Texas A and M. He's fallen off the list for me. Uh, he's kind of outside that top group right now. I think uh, you know Georgia should they end up with a guy like. Uh, Julian Humphrey should Georgia end up with a guy like, excuse me, Julio Humphrey should Georgia end up with a guy like Julio Humphrey or Jaheim Singletary? Then uh, the uh, <laughs> everybody's everybody's checking out the hair, guys. All I did is wet it. That's all I do is wet it. Um, the um, Jacob Hood he also makes the list. That's the six foot eight offensive lineman out of uh, Hillsboro High School and. Uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Great, great question. I'm trying to read and also kind of keep my head on the swivel and kind of look at the guys running downfield. Um, the uh, Carlos Folsom has a good question. He wants to know how would I compare Kamari and the kid out of Tallahassee last year? I think Terry Arnold would still be high, if, would be higher than Kamari Wilson because I think Terry Arnold is right now the second team cornerback already at uh, Alabama, and that's after showing up in June. Uh, he's already a second-team corner for Alabama, and they signed a lot of really stinking good All-American DBs in their uh, class of 2021. Um, but uh, good question there about comparing Terrion Arnold uh, to uh, Kamari Wilson there. Both of those guys are very special players. Chase Meyer, uh, that's something that I'm watching. I don't know if I've brought this to everyone's attention yet, but uh, they uh, – I don't know if I've brought this to everyone's attention yet, but um, – Chase Meyer's a guy that I've been talking to a lot because on the down low, I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia, should the numbers fall or whatever, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Chase Meyer might not – Georgia might just not add another uh, a place kicker in this class. I think they want to make sure that position is well stocked, uh, depending on what would happen with J-Pod going for forward. I think he has at least one year of eligibility after this year. Um but uh, Chase Myers out of modern day, that's the same high school. That's the JT Daniels alma mater. Um, Chase Meyer there. Sean Washington, we mentioned him earlier when somebody was talking about um, Armageddon or apocalypse scenarios for Georgia's defensive line recruiting, and somebody bro brought up what happens if Georgia doesn't sign Walter Nolan or Big Bear Alexander or Christian Miller or Mikel Williams. What happens then? Um, another name to consider, DJ Wesselak out of uh, Boonville. Uh, that's Missouri, not Mississippi. I think uh, hopefully everybody doesn't get that confused. Shamar Stewart, that's a guy that's going to take a long time as well, kind of like Walter Nolan as well. Um, just wait and see on that guy. That's a guy that's going to take a long, long time. Like you don't want to – you want to get the commitment from either a Shamar Stewart or Walter Nolan. You want to get that one in December. That's when you want the commitment from those guys. And really you don't even want the commitment. You just want the signing on the signing day, the commitment sign type thing. Um, Four-star Edge and I White is also a name. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Georgia is also in his final four. I think as we go timelines for targets, there's really only two out there, at least a dedicated timeline. 
Uh, CJ Madden is going to decide on September the 18th. Oscar Delp has kind of reaffirmed to me that he's going to make his decision on his mother, Mary Delp's birthday on September the 30th. Another guy that I could see making his decision sometime later this month or early next month would be three-star offensive tackle. <coughs> Excuse me there, guys. Three-star offensive tackle, Jacob Hood. Let's take, <coughs> let's take another quick look at the breakdown. Currently 15 commitments, a class ranking of number five nationally. Seven offense, seven defense, one special teamer, nine in-state, six out-of-state. Malachi Starks is the five-star commit. Uh, top 50 commits are uh, Starks, Branson Robinson, Jalen Walker, and Gunnar Stockton. You add Tyree West to that list as their uh, top 100 commits. Um, there are 13 of those commitments inside the SEC footprint. And I think our – I teased it earlier. We've got a 2023 top targets list. It's an abbreviated version, but it's our baby one. Version 1.0, top targets for 2023. Let's look at this. I want to go down to the bottom of the list first because I know everybody's going to look there eventually. I think the most important restock positions for Georgia is offensive line, wide receiver, and running back. I, I think Georgia is really going to make sure they have to go back to their All-American status um, in the future in terms of getting an offensive lineman in the next cycle. I think it's going to be very hard to do in the uh, current cycle. Kevin Crink, I uh, hope you guys can hear me okay. I'm trying to get the picture and cover my earbuds, my AirPods a little bit so you guys don't pick up all this wind out there. Um, uh, Kevin Crink, I would say the thing is, does Georgia have any silence? Yeah, the thing is there, they do. Um, the um, other names, let's look at this right there. Raymond Felton's picking up on the wind. I got some wind action going on. Um, over here, let me tell you what, I'm going to try and do this. I'm going to walk and talk. My man, Michael behind the glass is going to make sure that he's going to be able to do this really well. I'm going to walk. I'm going to find a better station to, uh, finish off our show. Look at these top targets still while the top targets are up. I'm going to, uh, find myself a new destination away from all this wind. So as we're looking right there, you've got justice Haynes. One of the things I had right there I wanted people to um, make notice of is I have as a restock position, offensive lineman, wide receiver, and running back. So a natural question is like, Jeff, why is the 2023 cycle going to need running backs when Branson, Robinson, the man tank, and then Jordan James are also joining the class? Well, you got to remember, folks, that when you see all those names right there, you also got to remember that you know, Jordan likely lose should likely lose, will likely lose James, both James Cook and Zamir White after this season in the class, in the draft class of 2022. And then you got a name like Kenny McIntosh that will also be draft eligible. And you also have to consider the following that um, Kenny Milton, Kendall Milton, excuse me, will maybe only has this one more year at Georgia after the 2021 season. The 2022 season might be his last year at Georgia as well. Certainly a guy that could play in the league, play in the league fast. So that's why Justice Haynes is important there. I think Justice Haynes, I think, and I'm going to say this. You guys hold me to this now. I'll keep saying it. All right, Jeff, you said this about so-and-so. <clears throat> I really think Justice Haynes might be a guy that um, – I really think Justice Haynes might be a guy that – I look at Justice Haynes and what he currently is and what he could be. I think his college career, the floor for – his college career, the way he works, he's a legacy. 
Uh, the form for his college career might be the DeAndre Swift career. That's how good I think that um, Justice Haynes could be in college football. Number four, Jonel Aguero. He's really close with Lewis Seen. He's also from the state of Massachusetts. He's a five-star safety. He is a verified 4-3-40. Loves to strike people, loves to hit people. He's another guy out of IMG Academy. Speaking of IMG Academy, the nation's number one edge. He's about six two and a half. Got that IMG seasoning, hard work, iron sharpens iron. Um, number three, the number three on the top targets, one, version 1.0 is Malik Bryant. He's a five-star. So no one says four-star right there, but um, Malik Bryant is a five-star on certain services for the class of 2023, also out of IMG Academy. Uh, LT Overton, a young man who's basically unblockable in 7A Georgia football right now. LT Overton out of Milton High School, Milton, Georgia. Look for him to also try to play basketball as long as he can in uh, college basketball as well. And then you've got um, number one on the list, A.J. Harris. We've written about him a lot. Um, he's a guy that was coming to Kirby Smart's camps when he was in the seventh grade. Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, really the schools that are sticking, sticking out right there. Um, he wants to make his decision prior to the end of his junior year. He's recently um, decided that he's not going to conduct any more interviews during his junior year. And, folks, we've written about this. This was the guy who took eight kickoffs back, kickoffs or punts back last year as a true sophomore. Well, somebody kicked the ball to him again in the week one of the, of the Alabama high school season, and he took that one back again. I mean, do folks not have huddle? Do folks not have internet where they know that A.J. Harris is a touchdown waiting to happen at corner? Um, again, A.J. Harris, um, really good friends with Pierce Sperling. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, A.J. Harris was a guy that also um, told me that um, J.C. Horn, everybody remembers the talented the talented cornerback out of um, – so this we moved. Everybody wanted to see me move and get away from the wind, and that's what I did. J.C. Horn is the first-round cornerback out of um, – out of uh, South Carolina, picked by the Carolina Panthers. And uh, J.C. Horn uh, told me that he thinks A.J. Harris could play right right away, right away in the class of right now. If he was in um, college football right now, he thinks that A.J. Harris would be ready to play right now in the SEC. That's how good he is. Um, saw a good question. Um, Steve Burnett, yep, that's what we're talking about. We saw him right there. Uh, and one of the things I've got, we're going to show this in our kind of – I wanted to make sure you guys saw this from social media. But uh, LT Overton dropped the top 12. I think all the, the the really strong candidates for him are already in there. You see Oklahoma in there. You see Alabama in there. You see Georgia in there. You see Texas A&M in there. Um, really, the, I think that all the really strong final contenders for LT Overton are already inside that top 12. Got to include Ohio State in that one as well. Um, there's his top 12. Um, you see SC, Florida, Georgia, Oklahoma. Ties to Oklahoma, ties to Texas A&M, ties to Alabama through his dad. Um, his mom played volleyball at Kentucky. Um, North Carolina is a school that has offered him the ability to play both basketball and football. They have double offers. Um, Jerry Dogs fan makes it has a take there that I would agree with about uh, – Dejon Edwards. I think Dejon Edwards could legitimately no hyperbole here whatsoever. I think he could start for seven or eight of the of the teams in the SEC right now. I think that's how good he is. Um, I also saw a question from Brian Marcoulier. Uh, a couple I think about offensive linemen. When I had to think about offensive linemen, 
Um, there's a bunch of ones that I think are priorities and needs for Georgia in the 2023 cycle. I think Miles McVeigh out of East St. Louis, uh, the same high school where Luther Burden is playing. Let's all let's all file that one away. Luther Burden is playing at the same high school. It's six foot eight, Miles McVeigh. Uh, Georgia's recruiting him hard. Georgia's also recruiting Madden Sanker out of South Paulding High School, top 100 interior lineman, uh, very hard. Uh, class of 2023 offensive lineman in state. Another name we've written about on uh, dognation.com. Uh, by the way, happy birthday to Neil Calvino. Um, happy birthday. I mean, I, if we sit here and I want you to pretend that this is like a, a cake from the Kroger Bakery with a dog on it, and maybe the dog's doing something um, dominating to a Clemson paw print. Uh, and it's got all the candles for all the points that Georgia's going to score against Clemson. Uh, on September the 4th, and there's a lot of candles. It almost looks like like the sun here as I describe this. Uh, TKC, everybody's joining in. Happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday to one of the real ones here in the Dog Nation streaming family as well. Um, as I was saying, another name to bring to mind is going to be uh, uh, Braden Joyner. He's an offensive lineman, probably going to wind up the nation's number one, number two, or number three center um, out of Auburn High School. Same high school this fall. This plays right now, uh, Auburn High and Auburn, Alabama. Uh, that's another uh, uh, Braden Joyner. Really loves Georgia. He's going to make his decision in December. Um, that's another name to think about there for offensive linemen in the class of 2023. So really good questions from all those guys. Uh, we got your top targets for 2023 listed as well. That's the first appearance for a lot of those. Is there anybody else that we didn't um, anybody else that you guys know for 2023 that you would have liked to see on that list? I think Kyan Lee, another corner out of Cedar Grove. Remember all the Cedar Grove guys? Um, uh, in the 2022 cycle, Christian Miller, C.J. Madden. Um, again, if Georgia was to sign both of those guys in the 2022 cycle, that would be a ton of momentum, a ton of momentum uh, for Georgia with uh, Kyan Lee, when really Kyan Lee's another guy, top 100 corner. I think he's the number 10 uh, cornerback in the country for 2023 already. That number's going to go up with some more ratings and some more exposure. He's a top 100 recruit as well. Uh, you want to talk about wide receivers for 2023? There's a few. Uh, Caden Lee, I think, is going to be one of the very strong ones in 2023. That's another in-state prospect out of Westlake High School, uh, Jalen uh, Jalen Hale is another one out of the state of Texas. Uh, really likes Texas and Oklahoma right now as well. But Georgia's really going to have to fight for those elite receivers in 2023, and that's all going to be predicated by how well they throw the ball. They put the ball in the air. They score the points. They they need to get around that 35 to 40 points per game mark in uh, 2021 for this season to attract the wide receivers they need to attract that will definitely uh, supersize the big play potential of the Georgia program. So we got a couple of, um, <clears throat> and happy 45 to you as well, uh, uh, TKC. Happy 45 to you as well. So we also got this part where, I mean, literally, folks, I probably follow a lot of these guys on Twitter. I kind of see what they're tweeting on a daily basis, and I I, I see probably, 10, probably a thousand tweets from these guys at all times during the course of a week. What I do in this segment is I extrapolate and I filter those through, and these are maybe the 10 or so tweets I want to make sure you guys see every Wednesday night on Before the Hedges here so you can feel informed. Uh, let's take a look right there. Um, uh, we got the first one I want to start with. We got a bunch to choose from, but 
the first one I want to start with, I think I want to start with, um, let's, we were talking about earlier, LT Overton, right? LT Overton, the number five star, I think he's still the number five or number four prospect for the 24-7 sports composite. He's at Milton High School in Milton, Georgia. Uh, I think LT Overton has been fighting an injury early on in the season. Be interesting to see when he gets back. Um, when he gets back and he's ready to go in the uh, – after that right there, um, that's one of those. He said his top 12, interesting top 12 to say the least. Got all the particulars in there. We got somebody in the chat uh, already calling their shot about it will eventually be a race between Georgia and Florida. I think it's probably going to be um, Alabama, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson. Let's not forget Clemson. Clemson's certainly in there. And I want to address one other thing. Uh, this is something I've been hearing a lot from Georgia fans. Wondering about development of former five-star players, how good certain guys will be, what does Georgia need to do, how they would get potentially recruited, negatively recruiting, recruited against. Um, but you know, one of the things that, that I see and I feel is happening here is, of course, there's going to be negative recruiting, but it's more like here's what we do that we think is better than that school. And a lot of the guys that Georgia recruits against, um, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, Ohio States of the world, those programs really don't need to bash any other program. They just they just sell their brand because when you're when you're going against those type of programs and you you consistently bash another school, well, that's going to wear on folks. That's kind of like anybody that's in sales. If you if you're always spending more time talking about what's wrong with your competitor's product and not why your product is simply the best and how it stands out in the marketplace. Uh, that last approach where you just stress why your pro product stands out usually usually results in more earned income um, because you go about it that way. Um, uh, another top top 10 schools that was dropped. This is out of Aaron Gates. This is a guy out of Trinity Christian uh, School. It's a single A school, private school in Sharpsburg, Georgia. Uh, Aaron Gates is a splendid athlete. He plays some baseball as well, but Aaron Gates is a, a, a guy that Nick Saban, uh, ha, I, my information tells me that Nick Saban has kind of looked at him as the best cornerback potentially in the 2023 cycle. Um, and Aaron Gates told me today when he dropped his top 10, he's committing soon and soon meaning days, like meaning Aaron Gates, I expect him to likely be committed within the next seven to 10 days, maybe even likely before our next program right there. Georgia's visited. Uh, Dell McGee has been on that case. I do think Georgia is a bona fide contender um, for that commitment as well for Aaron Gates. Uh, that's just something to keep in mind. Um, now, I've got a series of tweets here, um, a series of tweets there. Um, and I, I do – you guys are looking at that right now. I know Nick Saban had such positive things to say about uh, Aaron Gates, but he does not have an Alabama offer, so that's why Alabama is not – on that top 10 list right there. But you see the schools that are um, Cal, Kentucky, UCF, Florida, Vanderbilt, Georgia, Tech, Michigan, uh, Miami, and also Tennessee and Georgia. Um, but uh, I want to show you these three tweets presented in a series. I want to, I want, I want to, I'm going to present these in, in sequence. Um, and let's start off right here. This is one for Walter Nolan. This is his top three. 
I don't think it's a final three, but look at Walter Nolan right there. You got Texas A&M, Georgia, Tennessee. Um, Tennessee is the state where um, is the state where Walter uh, Nolan currently resides. He's originally from Mississippi. He's a sip boy like uh, Nicobe Dean and Branson Robinson. But then he's got Georgia and he's got Texas A&M. Those were two of those schools that he visited last uh, over July and June and July were Georgia, Texas A&M. That was the first tweet. Uh, the second tweet he sent out was this one where he says the following. He says um, he just dropped his top three. And then he says, my recruitment is still wide open for those who don't know. These were all tweeted out within a span of like 15 hours. That's the second commitment. I mean, that's the second tweet. Now, the third tweet, which I think is just a reflection of what it's like to cover these high school kids and where their mind's at. Another tweet, same thing, is this says, I will be committing when I reach 11,000 followers on Instagram. My Instagram is no clout wall. Like earlier on Instagram, he said he was going to drop a, a top three when he got to 10,000 followers. Um, very interesting. So you see it, you see right there, like, you know, how it is with these young men that up and down, up and down. It's kind of like the, the unstable mind of any teenage boy, their impulsiveness. There's, it's, you know, there's just, you know, it's just the way kids are. That's just the way high school kids are, especially high school boys. You know, they could um, be thinking one way and then be thinking the next way, like at, several hours later. Um, I know a lot of people took some joy in that, that uh, he said Florida was the school for the longest time. He even teased, uh, I had a Florida edit when he was teasing his uh, final three or top three. And um, Florida doesn't even end in, end up in all the, uh, in this current, current top three. Let me just stress that. And I want you to see this next tweet. Take for it what you will. Um, it is not, in my mind, I'm not a rocket scientist and I am not a CSI investigator, but I know some deductive and inductive reasoning when I see it. And look at this tweet from former major Georgia target, Travis Shaw. Um, he also tweeted this out today. Uh, this, And we know Travis Shaw. Uh, he chose North Carolina on August the 21st. That was on Saturday. Look at this. We still got athletes out here chasing followers, chasing offers. Like, when did that become over the love of the game? When you work, that's what comes with it. Maybe that's just my mindset. Be great today. Hmm. What does everybody think about that? Coincidental? Random? Uh, I think that tweet was also um, amened or it said preach it or right on dude or whatever by Big Bear Alexander as well. Um, I thought that was a, an interesting sequence of tweets today from uh, Walter Nolan. And Hey, let the young man do you, man. Live your life. Create your recruiting process to be exactly the way you want it to be. You worked so hard to get to this point. But I'm just saying that's kind of what that's kind of what what it's like right there. You got guys. Um, dropping top threes when they get followers, dropping top, dropping a commitment when they get a certain amount of followers, and then also saying they're wide open at the same time. Uh, I'm going to let you guys, I'm going to let the audience infer from those things as they will. Um, so uh, one of the other things I wanted to show you tonight was I uh, got a few more things. Um we had those Walter Nolan tweets. Um, we mentioned him earlier uh, in the show, Hero Canoe. 
Take a look at this one. This is from Brandon Collier, his kind of mentor, the guy who found him in Germany. Uh, take a look at that one right there. Uh, basically just says like, this is what he looks like. Look at that calf size. Look how impressive he is. Um, Hero Canoe. I think that's the last one we have for our show tonight, but um, Hero Canoe, uh, first game for the second time. And uh, Brandon, who who played some college football in his own right, calls him the best DT in the class of 2022, 6'5", 295. Look at that high calf. Um, and he's only 16 years old. Uh, I think he'll be 16. He'll turn 17. He'll be 17 when he goes, and, and he he's going he's gonna to try and work to enroll early as well in January. Specimen, impressive player. Um, uh, everybody's calling out for peaches, man. Look at all that. Uh, we'll get peaches on the show again another night. We had a lot. We had a win to deal with. We had a. I got a brand new work laptop. I'm trying to have to deal with right now. It doesn't have all my USB ports or my plugins. It's got those USB Cs. But we are working. We are trying to give you guys the very best show we can, and that's what we're all about here on um, Before the Hedges uh, on Wednesday nights. You guys got a. Uh, we got some props. Look at this. We got um, Robbie Pearson says if he has another son, he's naming him Hero. What a name. Uh, Got people worrying, wondering about things. Let me see. I want to take three questions. Three questions. I'm going to take three really good questions. Kind of the first three good ones I see. Um, you guys have anything for me? I'll be sure to. Uh, this is your show, guys. I'm just sitting here um, dancing, uh, kind of throwing, uh, throwing, throwing stuff up on the screen, uh, dancing. Is there? If there's a good question you guys might have saw that I didn't get to, uh, Clarence Dawson, you're really funny, man, with that. But. Uh, uh, you got got a question for me. I'll, I'll make sure. Maybe I didn't. I didn't catch it. One of the things we do now when we combine the uh, streams from uh, Twitter and YouTube um, and Facebook now all together, I've just got a constant screen stream of, uh, and, I, and I don't have the ability to scroll. I've just got a constant stream of uh, questions um, that kind of come up. Sometimes I see one and I kind of want to pinpoint them or kind of want to. I kind of want to push pin one so they can come back, uh, come back to me. So I make sure I get to them. Uh, uh, Jerry dogs fan got a question. Uh, Georgia versus Clemson prediction. I'm going to give you guys, uh, I'm going to take another week on that one. Um, I think Georgia has the better roster. I've been saying that for all summer. Um, I think, uh, I think it's really important for Georgia to, uh, Two things I want to see about the Clemson game, and I'm going to give you a perspective that, you know, I know you get great perspective from Mike Griffith on the beat. You get great Connor and coverage perspective right here. Here are the two things I want to see that will show me things are different in Athens town for this season. Um, I think I've stressed before on this program and other platforms that I think Georgia's offensive firepower will determine not only how well they play in 2021, but the future program, the future recruits, the program will attract. Um, the future programs, the, pro the future players, the programs have to attract to compete with the Clemsons and the Ohio States and the Alabamas going forward. Because I really think we can throw Oklahoma in there as well. But I really think those are the only schools that Georgia will be competing with year in and year out for global domination. Uh, let me just say that with tongue in cheek in major college football. But um Jermaine King, no, I, I really haven't. I've never seen a Georgia recruiting season that was so dependent on what the dogs do on the field. That's simply because I think Georgia has all the players they need uh, to win a national championship on the field right now. You could probably say, yeah, I want a healthy Darnell. 
yeah, I want a healthy uh, Arik Gilbert. You want a healthy uh, Tyke Smith. But aside from that, I mean, there's really – I mean, you want to say you want more seasoning from the DBs, but this is a loaded Death Star type roster for Georgia. Uh, the two things I want to see – I want to see the two things I want to see that will show me things are different in Athens for this specific season is I'm not, I'm not, I'm not speaking anything ill into the universe about um, let's just say somebody's helmet gets knocked off, or let's say that, um, you know, something happens to the Georgia quarterback where he misses a series or just gets the wind knocked out of him, whatever shoe flies off, whatever. I'm very curious to see who Georgia puts in as the second team quarterback. Um, I'm just am. I mean, you know, Stetson Bennett won four games for Georgia last year, four or five games for Georgia last year, and he's proven and he's going to play good football. But um, I think there's a lot of upside there with Carson Beck right now as the second quarterback. I think uh, depending on who you talk to, a lot of people feel that Carson Beck can do the job right now um, if situations were different uh, and that he is as talented and as poised and is starting to learn the offense as well as anybody in the room. I think the major difference between him and JT in my mind's eye is that JT has played a lot more college football games and he's done it when the lights are on and there's a trust factor there as well. Uh, the second thing I'd like to see is let's see what happens when – I wonder what Georgia would do if, like you say, you get a short field, you get a turnover, you, maybe you get a, a big play in the kicking game where Georgia takes a 21-7 to lead against Clemson. I wonder if Georgia would continue to attack and continue to score or whether they would try to think that they can salt the game away and, and burn some time, protect the defense with the run game. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you right now, Brock Bowers has to have a great game for Georgia. Uh, and that's a lot to put on a freshman, but I think the freshman can get that done. Um, and I think simply put, Jermaine Burton, the only path for Georgia to win that game is a guy like Jermaine Burton has to have eight catches for 100 yards. Or maybe it's A.D. Mitchell – or maybe it's Justin Robinson. I think those are the names that I think are the guys that can can kind of bust that game open. Kendall Milton, Zamir White, James Cook, those are on that. I, I don't think Georgia beats Clemson without a – I know I'm, I'm sounding like, well, yeah, no no wonder. But there, I don't think there's any recipe for a Georgia victory that doesn't have a receiver going off for 125 yards and two scores. I just don't see it. Um, I, think, I think Georgia's ability to block Clemson – and Clemson's inability to block Georgia are going to decide the game. But I also think you need a very clean and a big play game from JT Daniels as well. Hopefully that was a few thoughts there. Yeah, I, I got to throw Jerry Dogs fan. Thanks for that. I got to throw uh, – thanks for being a very good ombudsman in there. Uh, Marcus Rosemi Jack Saint also definitely deser deserves to be in that consideration as well. Um for what's going on right now. I think I saw another question. I did not catch the name, but I, somebody asked, like, who are the one and two remaining must-gets in the class? Uh, for me, I think that's elementary that I think the must-gets in this class um, would have to be number one, Kamari Wilson, and number two, uh, Oscar Delp. I think you start things off from there. Now, if you could tell me, uh, I'm sure people would like to be greedy, like Michael Douglas, Wall Street greedy, and say, well, Big Bear Alexander or Walter Nolan and Luther Burden are the must-gets in the class. Well, uh, if those guys happen to join the Georgia class, then that would certainly mean everybody I've seen on there where can Georgia be a top five team this year, top four, top three. Folks, this roster is at the point where you're not going to have a two or three offensive line top 100 guys in this class. You're just not. Georgia just stacked up so many offensive linemen over the past few cycles that it's going to be hard to be a number one or number two class without those, you know, highly rated offensive linemen. And Georgia's also going to take a punter in this class. 
Um, that's going to keep it around, the, I think, the two, three, four range for, for where Georgia will end up. And that's fine because Georgia just simply needs to meet needs. Um, the two positions that simply have to get – have to strike gold in this class, defensive line, period. Um, I, I wish I could say that twice. Uh, Georgia is expecting to lose uh, – could lose Trayvon Walker, uh, could lose uh, – should lose – will lose Julian Rochester, will lose Jordan Davis, will lose Devontae Wyatt. Um, all those big play players will be leaving. They simply must rebuild the defensive line front with some all-American type bodies. That's Christian Miller. That's a big barrel Alexander. That's a Tyree West. That's a Walter Nolan. Uh, some of those names right there. And then I do think Georgia has to get get busy with the safeties. That includes Malachi Starks. That includes um, uh, Kamari Wilson. Uh, two other names that you have to think about there. And uh, – Wide receiver position, I think simply, uh, I think wide receiver position. Like, I know what you guys are dying for me to hear. You're dying for, you're dying for me to speak, speak these words, or at least report this this news that Georgia's got a number one wide receiver in the class. Georgia's got a five star wide receiver in the class. Georgia's got a wide receiver that everybody wants. Um, one of the things I want to point out about hard, how hard it is to recruit wide receivers, and this is a gentleman that's in the Dog Nation forum. Everybody knows him as Tex. If you guys uh, know Tex, throw him a quick shout out and say, hey, Jeff, I know what you're talking about. I've read some of the posts from Tex. Well, Tex is in Texas, and he's a recruiting coordinator for a private school, kind of in the Dallas, Fort Worth, kind of metro area, I believe. And um, he's got a son that's a uh, tight end prospect in the 2023 cycle, and he's probably a SEC tight end prospect as well. He brought this to my attention that, you know, everybody can talk about putting the ball in the air and scoring and being all that. Well, he said somehow Oklahoma has lost three wide receiver commitments, three wide receiver commitments over the past 15 months when you would think that Oklahoma is the epitome of high-profile Heisman quarterbacks. I mean, you want to talk about Oklahoma. Nobody wonders about Oklahoma. Oklahoma currently has Spencer Rattler. They have Caleb Williams, um, the number one quarterback in the 2021 cycle, even more highly rated than Brock Vandegrift. And then they also just brought in Malachi Nelson, the number one rated quarterback in the 2023 cycle, who's already committed uh, to Oklahoma as well. They're just stacking up the dudes at Oklahoma. Those guys don't seem to bother, but somehow in Luther Burden's case and in other cases, um, some high profile wide receivers have decommitted from that Mecca for off for offensive production, which is the Oklahoma Sooners. Um, you notice that Oklahoma also picked up the commitment over the last week of Brandon Ennis. Uh, I think Brandon Ennis is a special football player. I think if Brandon Ennis was in the 2022 class, I think he'd be the number three wide receiver in the country at least. Uh, that's how talented he is in Oklahoma. I just picked up the commitment from him as well. Um, guys, uh, we got all caps. We got all that stuff going on right now. This has been another edition of Before the Hedges. Hope you guys have liked it. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Maybe uh, like it. Uh, share it, tell a friend about it. Go get some of those great groceries at Kroger. It's been fun hanging out for another hour on you. We got to throw some high school highlights your way. I got really excited. I get really excited about that. Thanks for folks that noticed the camera work as well. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, we, it's what you kind of got to do. You got to bring the video to the people when you're there. Um, words just won't do it alone. I try to bring the words. I try to bring the images and I try to bring the video as well. Hopefully we've given you guys some entertainment on a Wednesday night live here on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. Catch us on Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, uh, the Apple podcast platform as well. 
Hope you guys have had a good show. I've had a good show telling you guys all about Georgia football and Georgia recruiting. Uh, you guys have yourself a great night, and we'll see you guys again later on the pages of DogNation.com. Let's go, I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important, trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life, I never settle.